Hello and welcome to the Franchise Marketing Show. The video or the podcast you're about to watch or listen to was recorded at the British and International Franchise Exhibition at Olympia. It was a very busy event, so there was a little bit of background noise, so it wasn't filmed in a recording studio or anything like that, but it is a really interesting conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Franchise Marketing Show. We're live at the British and International Franchise Exhibition here at Olympia. Um, my name's Paul Clegg. Um, can I introduce Nigel? Nigel, just want to introduce yourself, just tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, uh, Paul. Um, yeah, Nigel Main, uh, Director of International Franchise Development for Tutor Doctor. Um, we are a Canadian-based brand. I'm British, I'm from here, but moved and made Canada home 41 years ago. I find myself here every now and then for a franchise show and drink some good English beer. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> good reason as any from that side. So, so how many years have you been attending franchise exhibitions? My first exhibition was the Venture Marketing Show in, at the NEC in October 1997. Wow. Expert at it now then, I guess. Or just tired. <laughs> Um, so how have you, how you found them and what keeps bringing you back to them? Well, you don't keep on doing something over and over again if they're not fruitful. Mm. Um, and yes, you know, we were doing up to three to five shows a year. There aren't as many now. But over that period across two brands, I would say in excess of 100 franchise, franchises being awarded. Wow, that's um, excellent. So they work. Yep. Some, you know, you can never predict. You have yeah. to take the hit. Sometimes the show doesn't do as well as the previous year, but it does even better the next year. You can't. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a journey. It's not. It's not an event. It's a commitment to these events. So, so what would you say to those brands that are considering coming to exhibitions such as this here at Olympia? I would say, be very prepared. Um, make sure you've got something to get of interest to give to people, to share with people, you have your stories, you have people here, you bring franchisees, um, have a compelling reason for them to speak with you, promote the event to your database prior, um, make sure you are just really present when they're speaking with you, and you're not looking at the sky, um, you know, there's, there's ways to run a stand at one of these shows and you know I have a little walk around and I have no qualms about tapping somebody on the shoulder hey you might want to try it. don't be offended but try this or try that and you know don't just sit there and expect people to come towards you you've got to be active and participatory and welcoming and have had a good shower you know so yeah it's it's being prepared and Having the opportunity to speak face-to-face -to, -face to somebody when you're on the stand has got to have extra benefits um, to helping you build that relationship with a potential... Oh, person. absolutely, especially as a first step. If you're meeting somebody for the first time, which is mostly what happens at these, these kind of events. Um, you know, we live in this very digital world. We've been COVIDized. Uh, we expect to see people uh, on a Zoom or a Teams call. It's not the same. The old-fashioned saying was... You'll see the whites of somebody's eyes. Mm. You can see their body language. You can see if they're engaging. Uh, it's just a whole different kettle of fish when you meet somebody in person. Uh, 
easier to build rapport and that, that foundational relationship. Brilliant. Are, are you presenting today? I am. Excellent. Why well, they keep on tell asking me? More. me. <laughs> oh dear. Well, of course, I am going to be very promoting of mm. the world's of largest course. and number one one-to-one tutoring children's tutoring brand. Um, and so I'll be talking about the history of the company, mm. uh, the kind of results franchisees are getting. Walk through a typical day in the life. What's it going to be like to buy, a, you know, be one of our franchisees? When I start describing the daily tasks and activities, you might go, oh, no, that's not for me. Can't mm. see myself doing that. And I think it's, I'm going off the Nigel tangent here, but people say, yeah, well, I love Costa Coffee, don't get me wrong, but what happens if your teenage... Other coffees are available. Yes. <laughs> You know, so it's like, okay, what happens on a Sunday morning when your youngsters don't think we're out partying? They're like, well, who's got to go in and pay barista? That's a brand I love, but I do pick on them, but uh, yeah, I like their coffee. But, you know, imagine yourself in the day-to-day operation of a business. Sort of, if you could have one of those, those what are those goggles called, you know, where you, virtual reality, right? That's what mm-hmm. it's called. If you could have a virtual reality mm-hmm. picture of you in that business and just say, does that... Does that fit in your own in your own mind or not? So when I do my talk, I, I do focus on what it would be like and what the reality is of, of working the business. You, you clearly enjoy talking about Tudor Doctor and, and, and what you do. Um, what, what makes it so great? Well, it's the gratification factor. It's okay to make a lot of money. And I, I'll quote Frank Milner, who is the... South African, but living in Canada, president of the company, and he has a favorite phrase, it's great to make a dollar, but it's even better to make a difference. And so having uh, a really positive impact in the lives of, of, of children is, is rewarding, it's gratifying. You know, when you, I've got four adult daughters, or at least they think they are, and, you know, I, when they were very little and younger, I'd say do something in life that you love to do and not something that you you have to do mm. and uh, I think three or three out of four are probably there but you know doing something that when you leap out of bed every morning you're looking forward to your day like any business has its bad days and hopefully more of the better days but yeah doing doing something that's that's the passion I have is because we're we're enriching new franchisees to be in business for themselves mm. to make far more decent living we have franchisees here with a home-based business bringing over a million pounds a year amazing uh that doesn't happen overnight of course of course talking about more seasoned franchisees but you know they'll tell you it's okay to call up your favorite banker and say i need need to open a bigger bank account uh to hold all the cash but to actually know that you're having a positive impact uh on this job it's not just parents that can afford what we do because we're a premium product we make no bones about being a premium product and premium priced so it's not just parents but it's also um we work we do a lot of work 50 percent of our revenue now is working with government agencies mostly schools directly and special education needs also the provision pupil premium there's a 14.2 billion pound a year budget directly or indirectly from from westminster um and these are kids that really need it and so going into school and say, hey, I've got two dozen kids or 53 kids or nine kids. Can you help them out? Yeah, um, that, that's the nice part about what we do. It is pretty special, as you say. I, I 
understand that in terms of the, the, the positive impact you have on you as well when you're seeing your successes from that side, which is, which mm. is amazing. So, uh, what does a typical franchisee look like? Is there any specific Ooh. areas they come from? Or are, they, are they all very different? No, I think it's really about... So, a lot of people will assume that because we're an education business, that people should come from an education background, teachers and... Yeah, 17% of our franchisees uh, come from an, an education background. They're naturally attracted to us, but we have more accountants and bankers than we do teachers. Wow. Um, you know, we've had individuals, you know, that run Morrisons here in the UK or, you know, big, big corporations that have taken on this just because they want to get out of the, the corporate so-called rat race and... Mm. Some, some might call it. So there is no... So it really, we're really looking for people with a lot of drive, a lot of good intent. They want to do something that's, as I said earlier, rewarding and gratifying. Yeah, they want to make money. Nothing wrong with that. It's bloody hard work. I'm not going to pull any punches on that. Franchisees, oh, do you work 30 hours a week or 40 hours a week? And they'll laugh yeah. and say, well, we work a lot more than that. I mean, they can delegate as they grow, but... Um, yeah, somebody with a lot of drive, personality. Obviously, somebody who's outgoing that has no problem talking to mums and dads, yes, yeah, talking to deputy heads and head teachers and mm. the lady, the local council or borough mm. or county council office about the kids that need help, uh, you know, foster care children, those kind of children that we help. Amazing. And the government, you know, is paying us well over fifty pounds an hour to help these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, obviously franchising is something that, that is, is ticking all the boxes for you what, I, what is it about the franchising sector that, that, that you think just makes it work for you and, and, and obviously the, the franchise brand? well I had a very different background before I got into franchising in 1995 knew nothing about it very wet behind the ears and you know we should write a book about franchising your business and my book would be called What Not To Do As A Franchise. <laughs> you know, as would many others, just, just to add yeah, there. I, I, I think that would sell well. Maybe each franchise should write a chapter. There's a good idea. That is a good idea. Um, what Not To Do. Mm. Um, I, I'm passionate about franchising. I'm passionate about the international flavour of franchising and being mm. able to grow a business internationally, replicating a proven model. That's what it is. Mm. What, I, what I like about it, it gives the everyday person the opportunity to tap into a proven, replicatable model, mm. okay, to plug into that. Because we know, it doesn't matter if we're talking about the Canadian government where I live, mm. or the US government, or the British government, they'll all tell you, and you'll get all kinds of numbers, mm. but typically very high percentages of people starting their own business with the best of intent, with the most wonderful ideas mm. that are not around five years from now. And I yeah. think the number typically in most countries is in excess of 90%. Mm. Whereas, and yes, it might be the franchise industry self-promoting, I'm hearing that kind of number that will be around and profitable. I think it's probably a little less, but still it's a remarkable difference to, hey, I want to start my own fill in the blank. Mm. You know, I can make, I'll add to that, I love to cook, and Canadians love to, do, to barbecue. And you know, can I make a better hamburger than McDonald's? Absolutely, I can. I'm, I'm just going to brag. I, I know I'm good at making a better hamburger than McDonald's. Do I know how to make multiple millions doing it? The answer is no. Yeah. Thus, you tap into a franchise. Yeah. It, it, it is amazing uh, sector to work in, and I think once people 
find franchising, they find it hard to let go because of the opportunity it creates, the new careers, your second careers you can create as well for the guys that you're talking about. And you must have some amazing um, franchisees who, who, who don't look back apart from they've seen it, it's helped to educate them, but you've given that second career that just really flicks that, that light switch on for them. Yeah, we, we just had our globe, uh, uh, we have a, an annual global convention. Uh, I like it when it's in Florida or somewhere warm and everybody, <laughs> the franchises, but in December it was sadly a homecoming in Toronto, so everybody had to buy parkers and before they came over. <laughs> but that to me is the pinnacle yeah. of the year when you recognize we have a, an awards banquet, we have, you know, it's a bit like the Tutor Doctor Oscars, and we've yeah, got, maybe. you know, instead of best picture it's best franchise you actually have to have pinnacle awards best tutor where we will choose the best tutor out of 79,000 wow. and you know, our, our business is not possible and we have to create loyalty they want to belong you know those, those tutors want to be part of what we do um, so we're there to celebrate and that's my, my highlight of the year and seeing franchisees smiley and happy and with stories to share and so they can learn from other Brethren, you know, franchisees. So, so what one thing do you think sets Tutor Doctor apart from all those other franchise brands that we're seeing at the exhibition today? Well, of course. I mean, everything is franchised today, from cleaning out wheelie bins to pole dancing. Yes, there is a franchise for pole dancing lessons. But you know, I think you've got to, you know, you look around, you've got to come in with a predetermined, an open mind to look at pretty much anything but fairly solid on what kind of thing you... So I, I would love to have food. All I want is food or beverage. Mm. And then you've got the other ones that are... Uh, say, I want anything but food or beverage. Or I want a service-based bread. Or I'm happy to have a bricks and mortar type franchise. I don't want... That's a huge expense. Mm. I don't want a bricks and mortar brand. I want to double my profitability with a non-location-based franchise. So I think to establish some parameters... But at the same time, keep an open mind. I would say the larger percentage of people that have met us at these events over God knows how many years mm. um, hadn't heard of us. Mm. Whereas, more in more recent times, oh, tutor doctor, I came here only to see you. I see your wrapped tutor doctor vehicles. Or my son's been tutored by your franchisee yeah, in Rygate or Stockport or mm. whatever. Yeah. And so you have open-mindedness and that's the other thing about exhibitions as well isn't it that, that it, it is brand building brand awareness as well as franchise recruitment because you don't know exactly when the time's going to be right for those people that are walking up and talk to you on the stand you hit such a very important nail on the head there Paul because I will speak to some exhibitors one today who isn't exhibiting this time but normally does mm. and you know obviously no names mentioned but this show didn't work for their brand last year mm. they've had a very successful year otherwise from their recruitment of franchisees through other mediums but we know that you know, almost marketing 101 is you need to have a number of impressions of a brand in order to take an action so in the UK apparently that number's 4.4 I have no idea who did that study <laughs> but um, in Germany it's 7 point something mm. because German people, that's why they're so detailed, they make some of the best cars, mm. they're very detailed, they're engineers, um, it takes them seven point something, they're more cautious, so they need to see a brand, so you might see a brand, or you might credit a franchise sale, mm. let's be honest, that's what it is, um, for 
uh, from an ad from one of the many, many franchise portals, which, which are great to start your, your franchise search. But because it came in, say, it came from Franchise Direct or businessforsale.co.uk or uh, Franchise Info or whatever it, wherever it is, um, you don't, that was the last thing they saw. Mm. They might have seen you on two other, three other portals. They might have seen you a couple of shows over the years. They might have seen a car running around with your brand on it. So you never really know the journey of that branding and where people saw you, those impressions they had before they said, you know, held their hand up and said, you know what, I think I'd like to find more information about this this deal. And that's so true. You, it's, it's a package. And I, I will say it's the cost of not exhibiting. I've had that conversation very recently about an event, and we, I said we can't afford not to be there. It is the full marketing mix, and obviously as a marketing company at Coconut, it's something that we... We'd, we would shout about as well uh, from that side. So, And we are seeing a lot of people coming back because the timing wasn't right from the COVID years as well. So um, a lot of brands are experiencing that where the timing is getting better for them to start to make those decisions. And I think this could be one of those shows. That, that it, yeah, the energy's it's only early in the day here, the yes. first day. And it's already got a, a bit of a buzz about it. You can always feel it. You kind of know it. I was going to ask you how the day's going, but I can't really because you're one of the first on. Uh, seven, <laughs> 73 leads. No. <laughs> but we are giving away spin the wheel and free chocolates and a draw for 200 pound, you know, M&S. I'm going to come across. I'm going to cross it. You can come across and get your Kit Kats. <laughs> um, you, you know, I mean, that you can laugh, but some of those things are fun and then people start talking to you. <laughs> you know, but hey, have... Enjoy what you do. Have some fun while you're doing it. Brilliant. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come and talk with us today. Hope you have a, a good rest of the exhibition. Oh, and, we will. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jay. Okay, bye-bye.